With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, new week and new way to do the show. We're going to bring it to you in segments, formats, whatever you want to call it, but we're going to break it down. And tonight, well, we're going to kick it off with the Blackhawks talk. Obviously, it's the talk of the NHL right now, the talk of the hockey world, because every single person that was a part of that Blackhawks organization either knows about what went on, has a part of what went on, or knew someone that knew someone that went on and heads are already starting to roll. Stan Bowman is out in Chicago as the general manager. They say he stepped away. I think they should have said he's fired. Do it right. Start this right. Show everyone that this matters, that it's not just a flash in the pan. And by the way, Gary Bettman, you're an absolute clown. I'm going to say it right here, right now to tell me that if you're going to take, if any direction with this, that is ridiculous. Why would you even release that in a statement? You know you're going to get flamed to the max for that, and I think that's ridiculous. Josh, I want to get your opinion before I jump into mine. What do you think about what's been released and what needs to happen next? How long we got? Um, I mean, obviously, you touched on Gary Bettman there. I, Whenever this guy speaks, I don't really listen because he's a lawyer. He speaks in But he's the voice terms. of the league. It, it doesn't matter. Um, he is paid by the owners. This scandal originated from the owners, not the current ones, but the ones that were in place in 2010. He still works for the owners. He's paid out of pocket by the owners. I'm going to keep saying that. Owners, owners, owners. That's who he's paid by. He speaks for them. Um, I, I, For Batman to say that like, kind of blew my mind, but then I thought of it like he's a lawyer. He's trained as a lawyer. He speaks in lawyer terms. That is what he is trained to say, and that is what he's paid to say. So let's just kind of throw that out the window and ignore that. And we got to focus on what actually happened because I was able to catch it live. Um, shout out Sportsnet for being able to stream the, uh, I guess you could call it the deposition or the the reveal of all the, uh, all, all the things that came out. Um, yeah, man, it was kind of disgusting to see. And like the, the details that came out were disturbing. And if you want to go see those details, I, go ahead like they're out there but um you know kind of a trigger warning on it because some of them are kind of kind of messed up but Mm -hmm. anybody involved in this needs to have consequences like there was an action and now there needs to be a consequence we have seen a couple of consequences already taking place with stan bowman stepping down that's a big phrase stepping down he was given the benefit of the doubt there because he was fired and he was he stepped aside from the Chicago Blackhawks and like two minutes ago, he just stepped aside from USA hockey. He was fired guys. Let's not, you know, mince any words. Let's not get any misjudgment. But I don't understand that. Why are they not saying he's fired? Why are you saying stepped away? Why are you giving this a flavor of something nice? Oh, he stepped away. No, say he's fired. Say it is. Because it's hockey culture. That's hockey culture. They want to stand up for their guys. You did a lot for the team. I know sure, they said that. Maybe he did. Yeah, maybe he did. And like, 
I, I don't know. Like they still want to stand up for their guy, but it's like, ah, you can't be around anymore. It doesn't look good on us. It's a stain on the black. Oh well, yeah. It's going to be a stain on you anyway. You know what? We would have more respect for you. If you just said, you know what? Fuck you. You're fired. Do that. Well, that's why I put out the tweet earlier when Yarmo Kekalainen fired that coach for the vaccine and that coach tried to say, oh, no, I, 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 just, I decided to step away myself. And Yarmo was like, no, nah, man, I fuck you. I fired you. I yeah. fired you because you wouldn't conform and get in line. Like, this is what you need to do. And here's the other thing, okay? I don't give a rat's ass how they do it, but Shevel Dayoff, I was just about Quindle, to bring this up. They absolutely need to be fired and here's the reason why you and someone needs to look into bergevin too bergevin apparently you look through the report he's not listed anywhere as a person who knew i don't care if you were on that team you knew what was going on yeah but but they did their investigation and he was not part of any findings for anything he was there he was questioned but he was not brought forward but anyways for shettle day off in quinville for them to steadfastly denied 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 didn't know anything about it didn't know anything about it didn't know anything about it and now they know about it and now oh yeah oh yeah well you know no 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 you're fired you're done you're cooked it's over you're a part of the toxic shit that went on in chicago get the hell out of the league i don't want you here i don't care if you're coach q i don't care if you're chevy take a day off at the trade deadline it's done the jokes are over you're out you're despicable you're an arsehole you should have stood up for the player when you had the chance and you know what? Everybody seems to have unearthed who it is. Guys, don't blow his name up. Don't put him out there. Let this guy be what he wants to be and where he wants to be. If he wants to come forward after everything else, that's up to him. But don't out him. Yeah. You know, I got the name given me today, and that's fine. I, I know who it is now, and cool. Um, I know the name. I, I don't feel any different about it. I feel like the Chicago Blackhawks need to be taken to task. And a $2 million fine from the NHL? Kiss my ass. I'm so fired up about this. That's ridiculous. The New Jersey Devils got a 50% higher fine than the Chicago Blackhawks for a sexual misconduct. I did the the math and it's the equivalent of finding me $49.75. What the hell, man? This, you know what? And shout out to people like Tic Tac Tomar. Shout out to uh, Rick Westhead, to uh, I think it's Katie Strang um, for pushing this forward. And not letting this fall. And shout out, I know we, we shouldn't be shouting a rival podcast, but they're not really a rival. I don't look at things like that. Shout out to the SDPN for pushing this forward and never letting this go and having Rick Westhead on and pushing this issue and making this thing front of mind for a lot of people. Because, yep. you know, what? mainstream media definitely didn't do a good job of that. And they didn't latch on to this until today, until it's the soup du jour. And I'm not calling anybody out, but I think if you're going to follow a story, you should be reporting on it and checking in on it and letting people know who follow your work that you're in on it. Those people did. Rick Westhead, Katie Strang, the SEPN, they definitely did their job on this one. So kudos to them. This was something big. And I want to see heads roll. I want to see... This matters. This needs to have a big price tag attached to it, not money-wise, but for heads to roll. It needs to be shown that we do not accept the status quo, and this needs to change. It cannot be the memorable operandum. I don't know if you noticed, buddy, but I'm fucking guns a-blazing and ready tonight. This is a different version of the show. I don't stand for this shit. I think it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's dumb. You need to, if someone comes to you with something, take care of it. Take care of your players. Take care of people doesn't matter what position of life you were in. If someone comes to you with that stuff, help them. 
believe the thing, the thing that got me the most out of all of this was i think it was joel quinville was quoted as saying i know i'm paraphrasing here but essentially he said we'll deal with this after the cup run is over yeah you don't want to mess with the chemistry we don't want to mess with the chemistry of the team and we don't want a distraction fuck that like and i yes it's on a smaller level but at my work I run a I run a kids hockey summer camp, and one of the kids came to me. And at, at the at these summer camps, I focus on development, 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 and then fun. Right? I want the kids to have fun, but their main focus is development. It's a development camp. And one of the kids comes to me and he goes, "I'm you know I'm I feel like I'm not development. I'm you know I'm being bullied by a couple of these other kids." So I stop the fucking thing right there and deal with it right away. I don't just say, "Okay, we'll deal with this at the end of the week," so it's not a distraction amongst the group. Right? Like I I don't know like. It, it, Hockey has this problem, and I see it all the time, where they don't care about anything outside of winning. And that's such a huge issue because these these players, these coaches, these people, and it's not just the NHL. It stems down to junior. It stems down to – I've seen it in Housley. They don't care about anything else outside of winning, and it's disgusting to see. you got to take the right steps forward and do the right thing. And yeah, it's a big problem in other sports, but why is it so relevant and uh, clear in hockey? I don't understand it. Like, there needs to be a massive overhaul in it, and it's small things. Like, I, I don't even know where to start. Like, there, there's going to be a case study on this one day, and someone's going to write a book about how hockey culture is so so toxic. And I believe somebody has written a book about it. I'm going to look it up when you start talking, um, because they did a really good job on it, and I want to shout them out. Our hockey culture is ruining the sport of hockey and we've seen it today because this we should be focusing right now on the fantastic stories in the nhl the buffalo sabers the carolina hurricanes we should be looking at the arizona coyotes and how they're kind of tearing it down to build it back up we're going to talk about the toronto maple Leafs. we should be talking about other teams too but no we're going to talk about the blackhawks and something that didn't even happen on the ice because they couldn't deal with their own shit 10 years ago yep no you're 100 right this this is something that I'm glad that is being pushed forward. We've talked about this on the show uh, many times before already. And we, you know, a smaller, obviously listener base, but still one that we want to keep informed what we know and what we hear, and what we're a part of. Um, so this coming forward today is huge. And we want to talk about it. Um, you know, absolutely think that the uh, Chicago Blackhawks need to go through uh, page by page of that report, every 107 pages. I want everyone in that organization to read it. I implore everyone to read it, to get a full grasp of the situation. There'll be things in there that you may get really uncomfortable reading, but just imagine being that person that had to deal with that at that time. And then you're trying to confide in people and have them help you. And they shove it aside because winning matters. Like you said, winning cures all. Well, it doesn't cure this shit. So hopefully Chevy's gone. Hopefully uh, Quinville's gone. Bowman's gone from both the USA division and the Chicago Blackhawks. But I hope this doesn't die here. I hope this goes forward. And I hope everything that happens because of this makes things better for the next step in this league, which it needs to take that next step today by making a absolute statement and letting those people that were involved go and walk and say we do not accept this we do not condone this you cannot work your way back you did here you could have worked your way back if you said in the summertime yes we knew about it yes we tried to talk about it or whatever however you want to phrase that you could have saved your ass Mm -hmm. but this investigation just exposed you 
So no, you don't get to work your way back and say, well, I didn't want to say anything or I was told not to say anything. No, you're a man. You have your own merit, your own set of nuts, lay them on the table and say, this is what happened. This is what I knew. This is what I was told to say at that time. But you chose not to. You chose to tuck your goddamn tail, say, I knew nothing about it and go back to your own team because winning is the most important thing. And your name and reputation means more than someone's livelihood and life. And Coach Q and Chevy Dayoff, I don't give a fuck about both of you. Get the hell out of the league. I don't want you here. And I hope that's what happens. And I'm fucking pissed about it. Yep, I think you wrapped that up. Message. Just uh, I found that book. It was called Game Misconduct, Hockey's Toxic Culture and How to Fix It by Evan F. Moore and Jashvina Shah. So we will put a link to that at the bottom of the show. So we set off the hop. Now we're going to switch gears and there's no good way to transition out of this. Um, so we're going to switch gears here just a moment. Want to make a cool announcement right here with Josh on the line as well. Um, the bottom line sports, bottom line TO right there in Toronto is jumping as this show's sponsor all the way into March. It's a deal that we signed with them. So you'll see a lot of cool contests. Josh, Mike Kozar, they will probably be down at the bottom line doing different contests and giveaways. We will set cool things up. We'll have offside nights down at the bottom line, which is absolutely kick ass you can win yourself some of those some lease tickets lease jerseys autograph memorabilia but you have to go see josh and mike down at the bar having a good time at the bottom line watching the game so huge shout out to them for jumping on different things coming we'll be doing different formats of the show working things out and making things absolutely stunning but that's just one announcement there's more to come uh, me and josh don't want to give you all the tidbits right now because we just don't want to we want to leave Easy a little bit of meat in the bone What's that? How about this? I'm going to the game. Oh, shit, my knife. How about this? I'm going to the game on Tuesday. Uh, if you find me, I'll be at bottom line. Let's say I'll get there at 4.30, and I'll leave at 6.30 and get to the game. If you come and take a picture with me and tag offside myself, uh, maybe we can send that person a certain something. We will. Uh, how about we do a jersey giveaway for that game? That's Tuesday night? Sounds good. Tuesday night versus Vegas. Now, I'm going to just pause for the cause here. Um, everybody who follow the shows knows, uh, and I'm getting a little emotional right now, uh, November 2nd is when my mom passed away. Um, so that game is going to mean a lot to me. I'll probably watch the game, do a video, but I won't be hugely um, interactive that night. Um, obviously, uh, I'll watch the hockey game and enjoy it. But just to, to say I'm excited to do the bottom line thing with you, that's going to be kick-ass, but that's going to be a day that uh, – uh, probably pretty freaking low key guys. So just putting that out there. Don't know. Uh, we'll probably do the show on Monday. And, uh, but anyways, yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Cause yeah, I'll take a little, little different on Tuesday, but anyways, the lineup for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have the new lineup card, which is going to be what's going to happen throughout the show. So tonight, obviously we've talked about the Chicago Blackhawks. We are now going to be talking about the first ship with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we're going to go around the glass. It's five or six topics from the NHL. Just pick some of them out of the hat, have a good time with it, talk about what's going on, hot pressing things, and then wrap her up with some three stars and a good old fun wrap up at the end. So let's get her going. The freaking right here with the first shift is the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously. Josh, it's not easy to talk about. I mean, listen, I'll say this. You watched the games last week. You watched the San Jose game. Yeah the pittsburgh game yeah the carolina game yeah um even you know the new york ranger game i'll give them credit wasn't too too bad one one 
those were the games I wanted to see him win. I told you and Haber that I wanted that to happen. Um, they didn't come out on the right end of it, but to be listless against the San Jose Sharks and to not put in any effort against the, uh, the depleted Pittsburgh Penguins, I think, and I, we'll park last night's game aside for a moment, because I do think it was a better showing from the squad. I do think guys battle a little bit harder, um, but it, I want to say this. If you're going to go out and put up a bad performance and your coach calls you out in the media and says, you know, don't drag just one guy, drag them all, you know, drag Marner, drag Matthews. Don't just play it all on Richie, you know? And apparently from what I heard that Saturday was apparently a fuck you to the coach game that, Hey, we're not going to take you talking shit about us in the media. That's what I heard, kind of like salute gate to the fans, you know, with the sticks in the air. That was something that was now being bantied about. Um, if you're going to do that that early in the season, pack your bags, get the hell out. I, 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 mean, I have a mentality right now, Josh. And I, I, you know me, I'm very positive on this squad. Yeah. I like the guys. I, you know, I beat that freaking drum. You know, don't be hard on the guys. Don't be beating the guys down. What I would say is I would walk in that room and ask who wants to be here and who wants to play here, and I want an honest answer. And every single player that said they'd rather play somewhere else, I wouldn't play them anymore. Or I'd make sure they ride the pine. I'd do something. I would do something to show them that it's my room, that this is a team, not a club. You don't get to be a club and have fun and do all the fun stuff and all that kind of stuff, like summer camp. No, 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 no. This is a hockey team. This is yeah. your job. You go out there to do this job. So if you're going to tell your boss, fuck you, because he told you you're not doing well enough, you're not doing your job the right way, then you shouldn't be playing hockey. If that's no. how you feel this early in the season. Now, if you guys have been working your bags off and you're just not getting the right bounces or whatever, and then you lose and your coach is like, well, this guy's doing, not doing this, not doing that. Well, no, 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 that doesn't fly. But when he calls you up for having a dog shit performance, you had a dog shit performance. You definitely did. And you can't just blame it on Nick Ritchie. It's the whole entire team. Poor Nick Ritchie. Well, um, no, but honestly, you know what? When you're a skilled player like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, you should be able to bring up the level of the players around you. You should be able to do that. That's why Sidney Crosby can have, you know, Buzz Donk and Buzz Flibbit on his freaking wings and still. Hey, hey, hey. Paid. It's Sorry, Mark, Mark Donk. Donk. Mark Donk. And okay. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if Sidney Crop, that's what I'm trying to say. Great and good players that think that they are the superstars of the league allow other players to elevate their game because they help them elevate their game. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares, by the way, all get paid that money to elevate the players they are playing with. Yep. So Nick Ritchie should be able to be elevated on that line and play with two superstars in the league. Sorry, Leafs Nation. Yes, Mitch Marner is a superstar. He no, he's top. paid. He's he's paid like a superstar. No, no. We can have that discussion. He was a top if he is five a scorer in the NHL last year. You That's don't. Become, he's been in the top in the top ten of the score in the past few years. You don't do that without being the elite of the elite. I'm sorry, that just doesn't happen. Otherwise, everybody would be in the top ten in scoring. So you're there because you have a certain skill set, because you can apply your talents to get there. Austin Matthews, superstar. John Tavares, star. Not superstar anymore, star. And I think he's having a down season. We'll see him turn it around. He's a slow starter notoriously. 
Hopefully Austin yeah. Matthews breaks it up. But you look at this team and I say, what the hell is going on? You need energy. And I think, and I've said it numerous times, maybe bring up a guy like Curtis Gabriel. Let him go run some hits. Let him go spark the team by throwing some fists and let him be a deterrent for guys taking runs at Matthews and Marner and JT and fucking Andre Kasha, who seems to get his ass beat every game. He's getting run over. Like, I don't know about you, but I've seen him take like 17 different headshots. Yeah. Like getting nailed. So if you have a guy in your lineup, even for a few games or just as the black ace on your team that can come in, it sends a message. And he can definitely be a guy that sends a bit of a message. And it seems like right now, Wayne Simmons tried, you know, but he wants to do more with the puck. So why not have Curtis Gabriel in there? Take out somebody else. Take out Ingvall for now. Take out someone and put in Curtis Gabriel and allow him for a few games to be an energy deterrent for the other team. Suck the life out of them. Hit them into the boards. Drop the mitts. Put him up with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner for a couple of shifts and see if anybody takes a whack or a hack at them. Guarantee they won't. That's what he was brought here for is to be a deterrent and he's not getting the chance to. And this team might need that. And maybe the team needs to see that the GM and the coach have their back because there's things that are happening. And you look at the penalties being called. Jesus, Jack. I don't know, man. What do you think? Am I off base? You're off side. Um... <laughs> shout out anyway <laughs> we shout out our own show on our own show that's a kind of strange concept um here's my issue with this team they have been portrayed rightly or wrongly as a top five team in the nhl and you might have to help me out with the order here they play a you know what a pretty good game against the new york rangers they lose 2-1 in overtime they got goalied i'll i will give them that game they got goalied austin matthews had eight shots on that 16 shot attempts the team looked good overall uh and then i believe they played san jose after that that's a must-win game if you're a top five nhl team as you've been portrayed to be rightly or wrongly that's a winnable game for you then you get fuck blown up by the pittsburgh penguins 7-1 Hockey night in Canada. You're lucky it wasn't on home ice. Again, probably their AHL team. And full respect to the Penguins that beat them on Saturday night because that was a phenomenal performance by then. Just a masterclass of outclassing a team. And then you lose 4-1 to the Carolina Hurricanes with your former goalie in net. And what I see here is after that Rangers game, there was no effort. Nobody wants to be on the ice. Nobody wants to put a puck on that. Nobody wants to win a battle in the corner. Nobody wants to get out of their own zone. Nobody wants to make the extra play. It's pathetic. It's sad. And it's brutal. This team has potential to be a top five team in the NHL. That is why they're being portrayed that way. If you play at the highest level, you are expected to play at the highest level. You are expected to practice at the highest level. You are expected to perform at the highest level. You are a professional. You're being paid to do that. There's a guy on this team that understands that. That's Jason Spezza. He brings it every night. You can look at the way he plays. He's working hard. He's getting pucks in. He's getting pucks on net, and he's scoring goals, and he's trying to get this team. He will. I wouldn't be surprised if he single-handedly dragged this team into the playoffs, to be honest. It's not going to happen. This team's going to rebound. But right now, it's pathetic what I'm seeing. Is it a throwback at the coach? 
I personally don't think so. I think they just got lit up on Saturday and they got caught with their pants down. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, if they were throwing back at the coach, how unprofessional is that? Like, that's pathetic. You're putting your your team's you know season on the line by getting blown up by the Pittsburgh Penguins. You just saw what happened with the Blue Jays. And yeah, we keep saying, oh, you know, it's only game four, only game five, only game six, only game it doesn't fucking matter anymore it's year six of this bullshit so figure it out get ready your core has been here for close to six years now they haven't done anything yeah i have a leafs flag in the background i got my colt nor picture here i got a leafs hat on i hate watching this team right now and i'm so happy that i've decided to take other interests in the nhl this year because i actually have something that i look forward to watching after the leafs game is done after the leafs game is done i'll throw on a west coast game i love watching the oilers right now there's so much fun to watch and i have a connection to watching them I like watching the Krakings. That's a fun story. Hell, even the Habs are fun to watch at the moment because it's like, well, how are they going to squeak out a win tonight? You know, maybe they'll lose. The Detroit Red Wings have something cooking. This Leafs team has absolutely nothing except making their fan base depressed while watching them. Get your shit together. Live up to your contract. Stop sulking. If you have to go take a break, go take a break. Nobody can hold that against you. But when you're on the ice, when you are there doing your job, we are fully right to judge you. If you have shit going on outside of the game, yeah, go and deal with that. No one's going to hold that against you. But if you are on the ice and you can't make a neutral zone pass, if you can't decide that you want to battle in the corner, if you can't make a save, if you can't put in the extra effort to get a puck in deep, then I'm sorry, I have no time for you. And that's all I have seen from this Leaf team so far. And I, I think there's a big move coming no, I don't think it's the coach. No, I don't think it's the GM. They just extended Sheldon Keefe. There's no way they're letting him go this early into his first full season. Dubas probably has till the trade deadline, maybe end of the season. Shanahan's not going anywhere. He's safer than you know a runner on second base after a ground rule double. So I don't know. Like, like is it Kerfoot that goes? Is it somebody else? Maybe you look at moving. I don't know. Like, I, I'm actually at a loss for words for this team and. Uh, I, I was asked today, I said, ha, uh, someone asked me, do you feel worse now or after the game seven loss? I, I feel worse now because this team has potential and they're just not living up to it. There's no effort. It's pathetic. It's sad. I have more effort in my grade 12 math class. I, I don't know. Like, I, I could go on forever about this team. <sighs> Look, here's, um, here's the thing. Okay. This squad, you make a trade. I, and I talked about this with uh, producer Clark on the live the other night for the game. Morgan Riley, you're not going to have the money to sign him. So if you're looking for a move, would a move not be to move Morgan Riley now? No. Package him with Kerfoot? You say no. But here's the thing. If you're not going to be able to retain him, and he knows you're not going to be able to retain him, why not put a package together and get something you want from another team? And the team that I'm looking at, is the Arizona fire sale coyotes. And you look and you say, what does it take to get chicken away from them? But that makes your team worse. Oh, no, I don't think so. I do. Have your puck, a- you have your puck moving defenseman and Rasmus Sandin who slides up with the shelter man. Right, I got to jump in here. Cause I got this, I got this one guy on Twitter. I have no idea who the hell he is. But he every after every game, I tweet out my page, and he says, oh, you get rid of Riley and replace him with Sandine. Okay, that's fantastic. Sandine's not at Riley's level yet, and when you do that, who's replacing Sandine? And he keeps saying Lilligren. It's not Lilligren. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's why the package you make 
when you trade out Riley, I've, I've, I've listen, you will always hear me say when someone suggests a trade, whether it's Marner, Matthews, whoever it is, whoever you are trading, what are you getting back or what do you have in your system to replace what you are getting rid of? That is my argument to anyone. If you were removing something, what are you replacing it with to keep your team better or at status quo? So whatever you're trading Riley and Kerfoot for, there has to be something coming back to your organization that fits into your plan. So no, Sandine is not Riley yet. But Sandine also hasn't been given the opportunity to be Riley yet, to go up there and play those minutes and do the power play. We've seen him on the power play. At least he shoots the puck. He does yeah. that. Riley doesn't do that. None of this, none of these guys. Last night, there were so many opportunities for them to shoot the damn puck on the power play, but they dipsy doodle and pass too much. Shoot second the puck power play. Three, second power play units look way better than the first one. Because they shoot the puck. Yeah. Because they do, she, they put it on net and hope for a rebound. I think Jason Spezza had four shot attempts in one power play. But here's the thing, okay? You move, you, look, just do this hypothetically. You move Sandina. He plays with the shelter man, Brody. So you're moving Riley and Kerfoot and whatever else in a package to bring something back to this team. So what does this team need more of? This team needs more steadiness on D. So if you're saying Sandine is going to be that puck-moving guy beside Brody to run PP1, then what do you need to bring bring back? You need a steady, minute-munching defenseman that may have a booming shot or may just be a good stay-at-home guy that you can slide down with Muzzin or slide down on the third pair, and then you sprinkle in whatever in your top 12 as another player. So you go look for that. But I'm always a big guy. If you trade one thing out, you need to bring something back of equal value or have something in your organization to replace it. Because if you're sending one thing out, then you don't have something to replace it. Then you're putting yourself, like you said, at a loss. So I think they need to find that value. But I think you move Morgan Riley. If you can't sign him and you don't have the money, you have to move Morgan Riley because we've watched so many own free agents walk away and not get anything back. Hi, here's the St. Louis Blues. They let some guys go. Shattenkirk, they traded and got a package for, and two years later, they won the damn cup. So maybe, maybe trading some of your own rentals is the way to go, especially now with this squad. And you know what? You do it now when Morgan Riley's still got most of the year. That's my opinion. There's a lot of teams that would love him. Go find a team that has a defenseman that you want, that's serviceable, and has contract control for a couple of years, and maybe get another piece brought in on the same team, throw a pick or whatever, and add to this squad to go forward. Because you know you're losing Morgan Riley. You're not going to be able to sign him unless you move other parts. And I'll ask you this in hindsight. Freddie Anderson, 5-0. and Had time to rest, time to heal, time to get back to Fredzilla mode. If, if you can revisit the offseason and not sign Petr Mrazek and not sign one of the bevy of players we signed to a million-dollar deal, because that would make you 4.5, and Freddie said two years, 4.5, I'll come back. Would you do it? No. Because he's playing in top of one of the top defenses in the NHL right now. We saw last night he barely faced any shots. He let in a softy us off. Always putting up good numbers, but I don't see it sustaining. Uh, and if it does, it's because of Carolina's defense. Like he's okay, playing well, in front of a fantastic defense. They made they made the Delkovich look good. There's a there's a great thing you just said there. Sustaining. So what has a chance of being more sustainable? 
Freddie's played Carolina Hurricanes, the Buffalo Sabres, all of these teams that are on heaters right now, or the Toronto Maple Leafs continuing to flounder and be this crap team all year long. For me, and I know everybody's going to rain on this one because they love to do it. By the way, my Mitch Marner post never got so much heat in all my life. Love it. Love it. That all I said is don't pick on a guy and everybody's, oh, you're an idiot. Hey, when Bell Let's Talk Day comes around, don't fucking make a post because you're the artist to do that shit. You're allowed, to, you're allowed to critique a player on the ice all you want, but as soon as you start taking shots at them off the ice, that's when the... Uh, the that, was my, that was my whole post. That was what I was referencing. Like, you're allowed to say Marner's a terrible hockey player, but you can't say that he... I, I don't even know what people have been saying. I, I, I don't know. No, no, just a bunch of dumb <laughs> stuff. That's what I was going with, and that's the noise. And he said it. You know, it shows how little people listen to certain things because... On the 32 Thoughts podcast, he talked about that with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, about Twitter, about Instagram, about the noise, and having to step away from it all because it was affecting him. So, you know, the guy said it does bother him. So just so you know, he is reading what you say. He does know what you say, and it does fuck with him. So, you know, maybe fuck off with the stupid shit. Keep it to the on-ice stuff. But you look at this squad, and I say – the actuality of it all is, guys, this team will probably turn it around and figure it out. It's game seven, and I know it sucks to say that because everybody's like, it's six years. Guess what? There's a lot of different players on this squad. It's a new iteration of this team. It's not the same team from last year. It's not the same team from the year before. There's new players. There's new goalies. There's new systems, new coaches, new everything. Okay? There's new. So chemistry takes time to fucking form. It doesn't happen overnight. I'm Here's sorry. Well- Here's where I would counter with that. Take a look at the top teams in the NHL. Tampa, same core, new play, new pieces each year. Still a top team. Vegas, same thing. Remember Boston. when Tampa missed out on the playoffs a few years ago? But they've um, still – they've. but, like, I think since, what, 2015, they've been in the conference finals all but once? Uh, no, I believe so, – uh, Something like that. There was a, the, the year they missed is the year they went and got Sergachev, I think it was, in the draft. Yeah, so after, after that, they've been in the conference finals all but one year. Same core, new pieces each year. But take I'm just saying, at, things Take happen. a look at Vegas, same thing. Take a look at Boston. Boston has played the same way for the last 10 to 12 years. New pieces each year. They they overhauled their goaltending this year, and they're still a dominant force. So Here's the, the, new, the, new, the new pieces thing, I struggle to – to understand i understand it but also i look at these other teams like well they figured it out why can't we because what you just said the constants are still there so you look at boston their big line still there bergeron Pasternak, marchand you have a go-to line that is money that's a money line they score everything else below them what has been the knock on boston secondary scoring hasn't been that big in boston they went and got taylor hall now now they have some secondary scoring but that was a knock for a little while. If you can shut down the perfection line, you're doing well. Same yep. thing in Tampa. Stamkos, Kucherov, point. You have those players. Then you fill everything else around them. That line, those players have been there. The money line, Vasilevsky and Net. The constants are there. Same thing with Boston, except for this season with the goaltender. Rask was there. Vegas, you go to Vegas. What's their top line? Minus Chandler Stevenson, because I don't know where the hell he got a chance to be a first-line center. But you have Pacioretty, Stone, you have Flurry and uh, Leonard in net. So you always had a constant in net. That Those things were constants. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's not been constants. 
Oh, there hasn't been because your your constants have been Nylander, Marner, Matthews, Tavares, and um, Ryan. Yes, but the thing is, they're always. What is the thing we go into every single season talking about? Who's going to play with JT and and Willie? Who's going to play with Austin and Mitch? Every single season, it's who's going to play with those guys. There's not a constant third on those lines. There's but not it, a player of that caliber or players, sorry, of that caliber. It shouldn't matter who um, is playing with them. And we talked about the, I think, did we say this on air or off air? We, we talked, just about, talked Sydney, about this a few minutes ago. With, with I mean, Sidney Crosby, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, I think you and I are coming to the same conclusion here that the core just hasn't been good enough over the last couple of years and they need to be able to step up their game and elevate the players around them, put pucks in the net, win around for once, make this fan base happy and stop bitching and moaning. Mike But you know what? Here's the thing. We love to hate the Toronto Maple Leafs because that's just the way this fan base is. I don't. Take I hate hating the Toronto Maple Leafs. Listen. I want to put on a game and say this team is going to fucking win tonight. And you know what I could do last year? I could put on the TV and say this team is going to fucking win tonight. And you know what they did? They won. They ran the table last year. Was the Canadian division weak? Sure. Maybe. I don't care. It was last season. Did it matter? No. They made the playoffs. You know what? We won the first ever Canadian division ever. There'll probably never be one again. Suck it every other Canadian division. I don't care. So, but here is the thing. They cannot deliver on consistency. They can't do it. I've lost my point. What was I trying to say? Anyway, yes, I hate turning into the Leafs this year because I know there is a chance they are going to have no effort and they will probably lose. I do not like turning into a game right now because I want to see my team play on the ice and they are not doing it at the moment. I tweeted last night for this team to win me back right now. Mitch Barner would have to score a hat trick doing a handstand because that's how unimpressed I am at the moment and how disinterested I am. I turn on the game because I want to see what the hell is going to happen and what the story is going to be and how they beat Hutchinson on the five hole this time. So I just, I don't, this team's giving me, it's taking years off my life, man. Listen, I'm going to say one thing about the fan base and then we're going to park the lease for this episode and we'll do a more game breakdown next time. This fan base was a lot happier when the Toronto Maple Leafs had zero expectations, had good, no good players, and weren't going anywhere. They were a lot more happy and easier to deal with because the expectations were there. Welcome to what expectations bring, everybody. We said this a long time ago, and shout out to the Blue and White Tonight podcast, me and Rob Ellis. We have this thing every playoffs. It's called Playoff Gravy. The first year Toronto made the playoffs because of downtown Connor Brown, and we celebrated like there's no tomorrow. There was no expectations. Everybody was just happy the Leafs got there. Now there's expectations. Now the expectations are sky high. You know what happened to Washington? They shit the bed, shit the bed, shit the bed, shit the bed. Expectations went way down. And guess what? The team actually did something. So maybe we're on that curve. Let's hope. Let's pray. Let's do whatever. Live life, laugh, and have fun. Go outside. The Toronto Maple Leafs will play another hockey game. Win, lose, or draw. The sun will come up the next day, and we'll be talking about it. But let's go around the glass here in the NHL, talk about a few things that are going on. It does appear like the Vegas Golden Knights are dipping their toe back in the Jack Eichel waters. Um, something interesting that Elliot Friedman said last week, and uh, he's kind of the go-to guy, him and Merrick, because 
if there's one story that they've been drilling down hard on having doctors on and everything is the Jack Eichel situation. Apparently by the end of this week, there should be a grievance filed by Jack Eichel and his, uh, his agents to the NHLPA and the NHL to move this forward. The grievance would be that he cannot have the surgery. He cannot play. It's affecting his daily life, et cetera, et cetera. Fill in all the blanks here. And that should hopefully expedite either a trade or the surgery he wants. We still have a running bet, by the way. I don't think he gets moved this season, but I do think that the Buffalo Sabres will finally yield and allow him to have the surgery that he wants. But I think we will be getting some sort of next step in the resolution of Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres this week. What do you think about Vegas getting him, possibly? And what do you think about the Jack Eichel saga finally maybe taking a fresh step forward. Can I share a theory with you before I talk about Jack Eichel directly? You go right ahead and theorize all you want. It relates back to the Leafs, but if the Leafs continue on this road and they find they need to ship out one of their top four, who has similar cap hits, Mitch Marner and Jack Eichel, you move Marner for Eichel, you use the Leafs' resources to help him get better, help him feel better, get him surgery, yeah, whatever, and then maybe let him play a couple games with the Leafs, see how he looks, and then you ship him off for cap space or whatever. Not saying it's going to happen, just saying that there's a potential move there if you want to go full nuclear. Anyway, the whole other situation with Jack Eichel, um, I don't fully understand why he's filing a grievance because it's pretty clear in the cba what the restrictions are around surgeries and not doing and and doing what the team tells you not to do so i don't think he's going to get the answer he wants here i think that i think that everybody agrees that what was written in that cba wasn't right um it doesn't matter it was written yeah but they've made amendments to the cba many times before and i think this might be one of those situations so they'll so but they, then they have to make the amendment before the grievance is filed. Otherwise, it's deemed you have to make that. Yeah, you have to you have to correct the law before you can process with it. And currently, under the current CBA, he would lose that case. I'm not saying what is happening to Eichel is right because it's wrong. Like he should be allowed to get the surgery he wants. But the grievance, the only way that I can see this um, going right for him is if. The Sabres see this as pressure being applied to them, and they just don't want to deal with it. So they say, okay, yeah, fine, go and get the surgery you want, and we're dealing you anyway, so it doesn't really matter to us what happens to you, which is probably what they're thinking anyway. But I don't know. I just don't think it's going to end the way he wants it to. Um, He's probably going to end up playing on a different team anyway, but... I don't know. I haven't seen what these doctors said. Apparently he's been going around asking different doctors what surgery he should get. And they've all come to the same conclusion. So that also makes me question what the Sabres doctor has been saying. So um, people also have to remember, it's very difficult for a team doctor to give a diagnosis because they also, they have to have the interest of the player at heart, but they also have to have the team interest at heart too. So the team doctor will want, the player to get a surgery they'll have him back quicker and have a mo- more um you know longevity as a hockey player and not really care about what happens after their contract which is what the sabers are looking at here and the team doctor is going to suggest that one because at the end of the day he works for the team it doesn't work for jack eichel when jack eichel goes out and gets a second a third a fourth a fifth a sixth opinion 
those doctors are looking for him. He's paying them directly. He's not paying the Sabres doctor directly. So I think people are getting uh, misconstrued with that. The Sabres doctor is going to offer the surgery that benefits the Sabres more than it does Jack Eichel, which it, yeah, it's messed up saying it out loud, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. Uh, the CBA is pretty cut and clear as to what happens in this situation. If it goes to a grievance, the judge is going to go, you, you sign this piece of paper, right? And he'll be like, well, yeah. And they'll be like, okay, case closed. Um, I can see this as maybe leverage for a trade, pressure on the Sabres to force a trade. Outside of that, I don't think he's going to get what he wants. I hate to say it, but I really don't see this ending well for Jack Eichel whatsoever. Well, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I think there will be there will be movement. There's going to be something. Something. Oh, no, I just uh, negative Nancy today. It's all right, buddy. It's all right. I'm used to it from Leaf Station. I'll get it from you tonight too. It's okay. Um, so let's go on to the uh, the next topic here. This one does involve the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. Tomorrow night, the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the Chicago Blackhawks. And the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be without Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tave, Hendrik Borgstrom, Riley Stillman, Yari Kurihari, uh, three different coaches, and there may be more to come. Um, Can I give a a shout-out first? Yep. I'd like to shout-out myself for correctly predicting the score at the Leafs-Penguins game after seeing the – uh covid updates i tweeted out penguins win this 7-1 and you can go and google the score of that game but spoiler alert it was 7-1 so thank you very much i could have retired if i placed that bet by the way <laughs> well you know, the, the, the odds for the penguins to win it was like 330 to one so if i had to throw a grand down i would have been in i would have been in the bahamas right now well next time my friend well maybe do it for this game but anyways this one, uh, this one looking for the Chicago Blackhawks, like it's going to be a skeleton crew playing. Uh, you may get Marc-Andre Fleury between the net. We'll see what else happens. Uh, other things going on around the NHL, it apparently was also tied to the Toronto Maple Leafs, that Rick Taka was uh, offered an absurd amount of money to be an assistant coach with the Maple Leafs, and he turned it down. Um, obviously, he still wants to be a head coach within the NHL, uh, biding his time to try to find that position. Would have been cool to see him behind the bench, but you never know what can happen down the line. Another sad kind of story last night coming out of the. I, uh, before you, get, I, I don't, I don't blame Rick Tockett. Like he's got a nice job now with uh, is it TNT NHL yeah. on TNT? Yeah, he's got a nice job there, man. Like he doesn't have to work every day. He's able to watch all the games, kind of spend time with his family at the moment, buy his time, get the correct job he wants. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't take it on a knock on anybody. It just wasn't the job for him. He's enjoying what he's doing right now. He's making his radio and tv appearances and getting his name out there so i you know good for you know I, and he's been good on tnt so i i don't blame him for not taking that it's not the job he wanted so I, I wouldn't read into that one too much um yeah no we'll see what happens goes there like i said i think he still wants a head coaching job so he'll yeah. buy his time on tnt till he gets that um another thing last night in the uh, dallas uh, cbj game uh fan taunting uh, elvis Merzlikens about uh, his buddy Kiwi, who passed away, sadly, this summer. Um, guys, don't be assholes. If you're going to a hockey game and buying a ticket, don't be a dick, especially about something like that. That's absolutely horrible. Um, yeah. You know, you're lucky that Merzlikens didn't slash you over the head with a stick, and he would have been justified to do so. Um, don't be a dick when you're at a game like that. And don't play with people's emotions who have lost someone or something like that. That's crossing the line. That's not being a fan of your team. That's just being a dick. And I hope other members of his squad or the Dallas Stars fan base heard that and gave him a couple of licks for it because that's absolute garbage. Not that he wants to see anybody get hurt, but 
God, if you're going to say something stupid like that, maybe a shot to the mouth will rattle your marbles and uh, bring you out on the right side. Um, other than that, that's what we're going to wrap with on Around the Glass for tonight, unless you got something else, Mr. Josh. Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, the last thing we're going to do tonight before we wrap her up is the A, three stars for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This one's going to be a little bit difficult. There hasn't been a lot of positives. So I will uh, go quickly and go first. My third star of the week is going to go to Austin Matthews. I know that's going to sound a little weird, probably draw a few eyes, but he's hit a lot of posts. He hit a milestone. He scored his 200th goal. That's pretty freaking cool. Um, he does have a little bit of hop and bite to his game. Nothing's going in for him. Uh, there's been a bunch of posts, things like that. We'll see what happens when he goes forward. My second star of the week is going to be me, you, oh. us, offside. Why? Because we're still here. We're still talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, still having a good time and loving the fact that it's going down. And the first star for me, simple, plain, and easy. This one involves the Toronto Maple Leafs, I guess, because we are talking about it, but it's going to start being because of them. It's the bottom line TO for becoming the sponsor of Offside Hockey Talk until March. So shout out to them for being the first star of the week for hitching their wagon to us and hoping that the Leafs do well, which not looking so good right now, but hey, we're seven games in. I know, guys, we're seven games in. It's okay. Josh, three stars. Let's roll. Uh, my third star will go to – can I give two players one star? Yes, I can. It's, Go right ahead. It's our show. I make we we make the rules. Uh, the duo of William Nylander and Jason Spezza because they seem to be the only players that are playing right now, and um, that's nice to see. So good for them. Uh, my second star will go to the cameraman or cameramen and or women that are operating the cameras during whatever the hell that first intermission show is on Saturday Night Hockey around that circular table, and they have to keep cutting back and forth. And my first star will go to you because you are able to remain so positive throughout this whole thing. Uh, carry the show, keep the fan base kind of level-headed, ignore the noise and keep doing what you're doing. And somehow, I don't know how you do it. You still have the Leafs going, winning every prediction. So ever since you've started doing those uh, pre-game predictions, the Leafs are undefeated. So hopefully they can. Uh, <laughs> Listen, take, take you that. know what? I got a lot I got to ask you questions about those. So I'm sure people want the insight on that. So where do you record those from? Because it looks like you're in your car. So usually uh, most times I record it right here at home. I have a Toronto Maple Leafs wall. It's got the Jersey autograph and all that stuff. And uh, I got the, the big dog mic stand with the light and the whole nine yards. But recently with uh, work being crazy, life being crazy, kids and cheer, um i've been using the green screen on tiktok and just making fun things in the back uh so now i just got the lineup card and stuff and put it out there makes it easy makes it fun i can do the video and uh yeah i do predict i got this a lot about predicting them to win every single game um i always tell people why would i predict them to lose i'll tell you how they can lose and i've done that in plenty of videos here's ways they can lose the game but i'm always going to want to hype up leaf station why am i going to go on there and be like so tonight the Leafs are going to lose uh, 5-3. I think it's going to be a really bad game for Freddie. I think it's going to be really – I think Austin's going to drag his ass. And, uh, you know, that doesn't hype anybody up. We're Leafs fans. We want to get excited for the game. So that's what I'm trying to offer. But so here's the thing, because I 
I texted you my prediction for the Carolina game. I said, I think they lose 4-3 in overtime but play a really good game. That would have been a nice step in the direction. You can lose. They lost a great game against the Rangers. Oh, yeah. One in overtime. You can hype that one up. My second question is, when can I do one of these and guest star posting the prediction and totally screw it up? <laughs> you can do one any game you want. Um, maybe, think- I'll do, maybe I'll do Tuesday's game because I'll be down at the game. I'll do it from the front of Scotiabank Arena or something. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I'll do it. I'll do it from bottom line. How about that? There you go. There you go. Brought to you by bottom line at the bottom line. Yeah. No, I've been, uh, it's just something that I enjoy doing. Um, The first one I ever did was four, four seasons ago, because it's year four doing it for every game. Um, But I wasn't doing them for every game. And then I did the, uh, so it was Minnesota versus Toronto. And what happened was, I said it was, I don't know, you got to go look back at the score. I think it was 4-3 Toronto or something like that. I called the score. Or no, it was 5-3, I think it was. I called the score. I called Hyman's goals. I called the empty net goal. And it went absolutely crazy. Um, Dean Blundell, when he was, you know, not crazy, was like all over it. It blew up. It was like 10,000 some odd views that first night. It kept rolling because it was to the T predicted like you watch the video and you look at the highlights and you're like holy crap and from then on i was just absolutely hooked in doing it mm. yeah just wanted the inside scoop on that i'm sure people are wondering like what the hell is this guy doing oh yeah no everybody I, listen i get a lot of questions when uh when i start doing the, re- the the wrestling references and getting other fan bases riled up like when the leafs play uh ottawa john trache which is their pa guy he'll chirp me a little bit and stuff like that so I've done a few Austin 316 references, you know, open a can of whoop ass and shit like that. And trust me, when the Leafs lose to Ottawa in those games, the view count goes and the comments are just insane. And I had, um, I don't know if you remember him, uh, the big Ottawa Senators guy from a while ago. I forget his name now, Brian Five or Six. Uh, I don't know if you remember him. He did shit with Daniel and that. But, anyways, he reached out after one because I was getting fucking roasted. And I was just like, yeah, thanks for watching. You know, if you're picking on me, that's great. You leave somebody else alone. Just positive comment. And he reached out. He's like, man, are you okay? <laughs> are you all right? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. He's like, I love, when, uh, I, I love when people pick on you online because it's like you they think they're hurting you and you're just at the other end. You know, you, you got a Canadian in one hand, your phone in the other, and you're like, okay, that's great, man. Well, so, I like anybody who says anything negative. Just, hey, thanks for watching. It's, I appreciate you watching. I don't mind that you're going to be rude. No problem, man. Have a great one. Enjoy the game. It's cool. You're a lot nicer than I am because whenever I see a negative like attack at you on one of your posts, I'm always like, hey, fuck off. And you're just like, yeah, thanks for watching. And I'm like, no, I don't want them to watch anymore. But for me, the fun thing to watch on those interactions, and a lot of people will see this, especially if you're listening to this, Watch those interactions because when, as soon as I say, thanks for watching or appreciate you checking it out, have a good time, watch the game, whatever. The next comment from them is always, Oh, I'm just, just joshing, man. I don't mean it or, or whatever, or the comment disappears. And then another comment appears that they put there and it's nicer than the last one. So I see a lot of that. It's just people wanting to get a rise at you and they don't. And then they realize, Oh, this is an actual person. You know, I'm, I'm not going to affect this guy. Look, I'm not going to say this to sound like an Irish, but I sit at home. I have a wife, two daughters, a good job. I get to talk about hockey. 
Uh, I've got a cool co-host, different things going on. What is there? What are, what are you going to, what are you going to say to me? That's going to affect me really. Literally, like if you're said, people who like people who comment shit like that just aren't happy with their own life. So they're trying to take other people's life down. So that's it right I, there. I feel, I feel bad for those people and hopefully they can get the help they need. So, <laughs> you know what? Hopefully they do, man. But Hey, this right here, this is offside hockey talk. We like to talk about hockey. We like to have fun. We like to break down from the fan side of things, man. And, you know, we got friends from across the spectrum who like different teams. It's cool, man. And I always say this about podcasting. There is way more things to talk about than any of us could ever talk about. So if you're going to start cutting people down because of their show, because you have a show, or not talking to people because you think you're up here, it doesn't matter, man, because we all talk about the same stuff. We should be helping raise each other up because this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. Go Ticats!